be on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Put you on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Do it for your teammates, do it for the fan. Do it for your city, true ballers understand. You gotta work together, you gotta find a way. Put your body on the line and make that play. Be on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Put you on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the base. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Well, a kia and a mini kirihiri miti to you all. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Uh, great to have you along for this one. It's episode 35. It's Christmas. It doesn't get any better to be with you right now. I'm Jason Gubizak, and of course, my buddy, it is DC in the house. Kia ora, Chopper. Kia ora, everyone. Merry Christmas. How are we all doing in this festive season? Hangover seems to be consistently on call at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah. You pull up a bit dusty this morning, did you, mate? Not too bad. Not okay, too bad. Okay. But just as much as every other day, we're getting on it. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> uh, it's cool. Favorite part of the year is Christmas, without a doubt, man. Yeah. Love the holidays. Love spending time with friends, family, mm-hmm. uh, and just having a good time. Absolutely. Had, had one of those last night, friends and family. It's sure, good. We sure did, but we sure did. Brand new deck. Yeah, christened it. Chris didn't tip any beer on it though. I Not on purpose. Tempted. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't couldn't bring myself to it. But it's good to know that we can make any anything uh, charades game. Yes, <laughs> sure did. <laughs> Maybe even games that we shouldn't be making charades. <laughs> it was all on. Fantastic. Tell you what was all on, man. Uh, last episode, Don Tricker, he was fantastic. He's outstanding, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It's um. Uh, we've got a few few things come through from people that they picked up on it, but um. Yeah, it was just one of those special episodes from a special guy that managed to fit us in, man. And I'm so so appreciative of it. Just like all our guests, you know. But um. Yeah, Don's had a hectic schedule uh, while he was home, and um. Yeah, I'm glad glad he had some time for beyond the dugout. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. A legend in our game. And uh, and still helping out from from his side of things now in baseball uh, as a mentor or a coach or uh, any Kiwis that are in the area. He told us, I think, off air about how he's got a, had a kid staying in his apartment because mm. he needed a place for a bit because he couldn't get back in MIQ, all sorts of things. And yeah, just genuine Kiwi, right? Mm. Just genuine. Absolutely. Kiwi. Just never forget those roots. That that guy from Potido, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, dead right, man. Talking about good dudes. This week's episode, episode uh, 35 we're up to, right, is another good dude. Funny enough, coached with um, Don Tricker at one stage uh, with the Sox um, and then superseded him. However, man, one of the nicest guys in town. We got to catch up with him before he flew the coop to Australia. Mm. He'd be just finishing MIQ by now, I'd say, or just got out. Um, so, yeah, real treat to spend some time, real time, with one of the greats down here in the 04, Warren Soddard. Yeah, the one and only. I'm wearing 04 singlet on at the moment. Um, yeah, he's just one of those legends, isn't he? He's just synonymous with Wellington softball, PK softball, Island Bay. Um, just, yeah, he's, he's had all those distinctions. He's just, um, many people we've had on the couch in this podcast, you know, owe part of their career to the man himself. So it was good to good to get the man uh, in here, the one that called Stoddy. Yeah, you did right. 42 years on the wharf. So a uh, long time there, and you you know what, that, that union is pretty tight, and I think that, that has only been what he has done throughout his whole career playing mm. and coaching in this game across the whole country too. We've obviously known him a heck of a lot for it being in the 04 with yeah. Pontiki Calverdi and, 
and Wellington, but um, but he's he's tripped around a bit. But you you put it right. He touched a lot of players in their careers on the way through, and um, mate, we're going to surprise them tonight. Yeah, we got something good. We got oh, we got Paul Walford coming in live uh, from Florida to surprise him uh, in this episode. So I'm looking forward to doing that for Stoddy. He's yeah, a good man. Cool. He deserves it. Uh, and I'm just just happy to you know to to capture something of his life before he leaves uh, uh, to go to Aussie. Absolutely, man. Let's get to it. Absolutely. Let's go. I tell you what, when it comes to legendary coaches, you can't go much further than one of the PK greats. It is Warren Stutter that joins us this week on the couch at Beyond the Dugger. Kia ora, man. Great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Chopper. Yeah, you're welcome, man. It, it is good, Stoddy, man. I've been a, a fan of yours for quite a long time uh, with seeing the way that you conduct yourself on the diamond as well as off the diamond. For me, it's always been a little bit of about the mastermind, though, and we're going to try and get a little bit into that. But let's start the right way, Stoddy. No here, queer. Where are you from, man? What's your genealogy? Uh, I'm Ngāti Pōnaki. I was born in Lower Hutt, uh, September the 4th, 1946. Um, my uh, mum and dad were, had uh, wore Scotch and Irish genes. They were from Dunedin. My dad was Kaikarai, and my mum was uh, South Dunedin. Uh but we lived in Island Bay virtually all my life. Not a bad place to live, eh, Damien? <laughs> no, not too bad at all. That's the one, a little beach boy. Um, Stoddy, mate, softball. Why softball? Um, I just really liked softball like right from the start. I think I first started playing at uh, Maris Brothers uh, Newtown. It was uh, one of the schools there. Um, yeah, the old man was really dirty on me when I... Um, I played softball, uh, you know, he was just straight rugby and cricket and through the Second World War and stuff when yeah. he was over there, um, the old chewing gum yanks didn't go down too good with him and he'd never seen him, um, he play much sport, he normally worked most Saturdays but my very, very first game of softball, um, he was home and he went out in the garden and when I w- went out, he like turned his back on me. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, when he seen I had a passion and stuff for it, he like come around and... Yeah. Uh, fantastic. And, and, and the game of softball, what does it mean to Warren Stoddart? Oh, it means yeah, it means everything to me. I mean, I, I fell in love with the game and then I tried to just learn more about it. And, and um, like when I got into coaching, I got a chance to go to uh, uh, California one time, the South Almonte Giants. I was with a team over there and... Um, I also hooked up with Lauren Elga, but it was just getting more of that finesse. And because um, when we were first playing, look, all our trainings were really de- defensive. There wasn't much hitting and stuff. And yep. I think back in the day, that's why our pitches were so great because the hitters weren't as great. You know, there was one or two that made contact, but you know, because games were over in forty minutes and forty-five minutes, which wasn't uncommon. Yeah, and and uh, like the Hulahees and stuff, you know, a great big bunch of strikeouts. So it was just. Uh, yeah, oh, would have been would have been something to watch. Uh, so you mentioned growing up in Island Bay, mate. What, what were some of the other things that you got to do as as a youngster outside of softball? Um, oh, well, we were all uh, most of the uh, the boys from Island Bay were uh, rugby from Arist and uh, softball from Island Bay. That yeah. was like all our crowd, and. 
there was only like a little bit of basketball and some other things. We we had uh, like a fun team. We put in a basketball league uh, sometimes, but basically it was just those two coats. Yeah. Did study like school? Or did school like study? <laughs> um, he's going to take the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair, it's a different era. I was then, pretty right? average. I was pretty average at school. It was um, yeah, wasn't great. I mean, well, we all, we left school at fifteen yeah. in those days, so that's what everybody. But there was plenty of work, and we got into it, you know. Yeah. So, um, and the parents didn't have money in those days, so if you wanted a quid, you had to get out and do a bit of work and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, the same with my old man. He he left at fifteen, I think, or fourteen, one of the two. Yeah, uh, type thing. Started working and stuff like that. Become a successful businessman, and it, it's a different era back then. You know, you know, you you go into the real world real quick. Oh, certainly do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, mate, tell me, pitching <coughs> at a young age, Ron Stoddard the pitcher? Yeah, we um, we were all sort of self-taught and they were mainly just all rise ball pitchers around in those days and um, Gary Ward, uh, well, we used to call a change-up a sucker ball back in yeah. those days. And, and, <laughs> sucker. Um, but he, had a, he used to uh, like a Japanese ball with a wee bit higher seams. Yeah. So he... Um, had a rise ball and a drop, um, and, and the and the sucker ball change up. Myself, um, I yeah. What was the go to? Oh, I well, my rise ball was flat, you know. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we played a tournament at at um, oh, at Shelley Bay one time, and it was a howling southerly, and I just wondered what would happen if I released this ball, and it was into a screaming wind. Yeah. And it dropped, you know. So <laughs> the guy said, hey, we're using this. <laughs> so I was the one and only with, with a, a, a... Good a, drop ball. A drop ball, yeah. That's yeah. What, keep it in the ballpark. Yeah. Mate, you, you mentioned when we chatted just before we um, started the podcast that uh, back in those early days, mum and dad's house was like the go-to home for all of your mates and, and teammates. Everyone will come around for a feed and stuff. What was that like? Yeah, that well, all the families in Island Bay were really. I mean, it was all the houses were never locked, and you just come down and you went in. I remember I lived in Robertson Street, and I used to go over to the Harlands. That was a big family, and yep. and um, oh, my second or third time there, I'm knocking on the door, and um, Bruce came out, and he, can't you turn the handle? <laughs> <laughs> So I mean that's just yeah. what it was, and but the the um, the mothers back in those days, you know, we finished school or finished our sport. Um, There's always a big feed, and, yeah. and old Pop Persico was a um, on the fishing boats in Island Bay, so he used to get the, the groper throats and stuff, and like you totally don't get them now, but yeah. they're absolutely beautiful. But it was always crayfish and fish, and he give you crayfish to take home. So. Sounds like a tough life, doesn't it, Damien? <laughs> does indeed, yeah. yeah. I have not tasted one crayfish from Stoddy yet, but hopefully one not day one. there's a hook up there <laughs> uh, somewhere. Um, Stoddy, um, obviously you came up through the Island Bay Softball Club. Who were some of the people that was in and around the club in those days? Yeah, well, when we first started, we had uh, five grades uh, of teams in our club. We started uh, third grade, uh, junior, intermediate, senior B and senior A. Um Marianne Persco was always around with me. Uh, we had a, a catch at Dave Forrester. Um, Tony Jackson played, and we'd see those boys all played uh, rugby for Marist. Yeah. Um, 
Gee, I can't remember all the other names off you the top. You did pretty good with those ones, to be <laughs> fair, mate. That's, yeah. that's pretty decent. Um, mate, uh, later on, as you were starting to work, you, you started spent a bit of time in the freezing works and you got to move around the country a bit. You spent a bit of time in Hooks Bay at, uh, was it Napier Marist? Yeah, Napier Marist. Um, they, uh, Brent Howie was coaching that team at that time and um, uh, Basil McLean was uh, Brent's uh, brother-in-law, so he was up there. Um, had a couple of good boys from the Hutt Valley, Leo Leach, he used to play for Hutt City United, Hoppy Dalton coached him, Steve Glassball was pitching up there. Uh, then Rodney Ryan come over and he became the ace. Uh, Peter O'Hagan was playing up there as well at that time from Johnsonville. Um, yeah, then after that, uh, Baldy come up, uh, Wayne Baldwin and... Um, Barry Nichols and stuff um, got got to be like quite a got a good league, quite a good team. Yeah. Oh, and of course in that day too, uh, like Wally was pitching with um, Mudgeway Wreckers, and Graham Arnold was with Saints. You know, so it was, it was good pitching out Very there good. in those days. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. You also got to play a couple of other places around around the country. A bit of time in Christchurch, and also a bit of time in the Demons and and, and in Vicargo. Yeah, yeah, we, um, I got married with my first wife down in um, Christchurch and I played with uh, Jimmy Hall's uh, father, uh, Arnie Hall. Um, yeah, Dave Brackenbury was pitching for us then, Dave right. Bradbury. Um, uh, Nalapa, one of the Nalapas. Oh, like yeah. There was a, a rated, uh, yeah, he was doing the catching. Uh, Mountford, I think, was there with us. And um, that was actually quite a, a strong team as well. Fantastic. Getting to travel the country, obviously, with work and then getting to play pool, those different areas. What did that kind of show you with softball in New Zealand? Christchurch was strong in those days, like Napier was strong with, with those times. Down in, um, I worked at the Alliance Freezing Works down in uh, Invercargill, Wallacetown, for, for a season, and I hooked up with uh, Demons. Uh, like the standard wasn't so strong and stuff. Mm. But like all the small towns in, in, in those times, like when we were first with Island Bay, we used to go up to uh, Levin and uh, we'd go up there and um, Kotaku and um, Wahuia Chiefs and stuff from uh, Palmy and that, but they all they all had teams and, and they produced uh, Black Sox and stuff, uh, some, some of those uh, smaller provinces, you know. Yeah, they so, have indeed, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to talk about the Black Sox a little bit later because I want to get your ideas around around them for sure. <coughs> or just about, yeah, well, I'll leave that for a little bit later because I want to pick your brain on that side of things. Uh, mate, when you, you you came back to Wellington, though, things really started to heat up. You also got a chance to start coaching. Yeah, I um, yeah, moved back to Wellington and, and we had the World Series out the hut in 76 uh, and... Um, uh, the softball was on quite a high then. We got re- really, really good coverage and, and uh, it was amazing. Um, like the old people, because the games were um, announced on radio and stuff and yeah. that. And, and um, Is that a wireless? A wireless, yeah. I think that's what they called it. <laughs> it was Wi-Fi or something. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what, you don't remember that? <laughs> Tra- transistor radio. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, the... Um, American uh, New Zealand game went for 18, 20 innings. I think it went 20 innings. <laughs> and um, yeah, Stoffler had a, a perfect game for 18 innings and then he hit Basil McLean leading off with a change-up. And that was his first one on, on base. And, um, of course, we got home late and stuff, but 
uh, I was staying with my mum and dad at that time, and, yes. and but I heard them talking and the man, Jim, Jim, you know, they, <laughs> the, the scores and yeah. one and people and and uh, yeah, I went back to Canada a couple of years ago. I took my boy over with me on Vancouver Island, but I met a lot of the guys that were in that '76 uh, World Series team, mm-hmm. and they were saying about the um, the coverage that we got in those days because the newspaper was full of it, yeah, you know, like yeah. the opposite season to the All Blacks and yeah. stuff, and yeah, yeah so. Um, yeah, no, it was um, a, a good time. Yeah, then um, Mel Davies, uh, like he's a very good friend of mine. I know his whole family pretty well, but he was coach. Well, he, he played for Island Bay and coached and done a lot, but uh, he pulled out of coaching the, the Premier Boys, and so I jumped in, and that's really where I first started my coaching. Gotcha, gotcha. So you got your time uh, started with Island Bay. When did you make the move to PK? Went to the States in 83 from Island Bay. It would have been, I, I must have been sort of 84 ish. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So it was that after that tour to the States around yes. that time? Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and, and making the move to PK, what was in your mind when that was happening? Oh, I, it was the best uh, move that I ever made. Um, yeah, oh, sort of a couple of things went wrong. Like Mel Davies left Island Bay for a particular reason and I left for exactly the same reason. And like we've spoken about it since and, and the reasons why. But for me, um, like Kevin Kelly was pulling all the strings in those days and, and um, the I's were dotted, T's were crossed. Yeah. And, and But you got with like good players and stuff and, you know, when you talk about coaching, um, you have to have good players that, it, but you have to learn what your players can do for you. You know that I can steal this runner at this occasion, I, I can put a hit and run on this guy or a squeeze play, and the, the guys that can do it and the guys that can't do it. You know, so, um, and, and that was a star-studded team, so, um, you know, it started rock and rolling. Well, funny you should say that, talking about uh, coaching. Um, had, uh, Marty Grant sent us a question for you. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, his question is, who's paying the... Bu- no, he's not. No, no. His question was, mate, if you were to make a baker cake as a coach for a successful team, what would be the four ingredients you'd want? Oh, well, our pitching's... Uh, our game's resolved around pitching, so uh, you, you've got to have uh, good pitching. Um, obviously, you need a good catcher to receive the, the good pitcher. Uh, good de- good defence and hitting. Sounds like a simple formula. Well, it it, it is really, but yeah. it's, you're getting you've got to get the right people to be able to do it, though, eh? Yeah, yeah. You know, and not a dime a dozen. Once you've made that cake, mate, how do you get it to rise? You put it in the bloody oven chopper and heat it up. <laughs> 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 put them under the heat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think that just you know when when the team gets going and yeah. it, and you get on a roll and stuff, um, you know, and, and you, you've got all the ingredients here. <laughs> You know, so everything's working and it, it's just, um, it, it gets rolling and get going. Stoddy, I've, I've seen you out on the paddock coaching uh, <coughs> and chatted to you a couple of times over a couple of nice beers and things uh, in the beer tent afterwards. What's what's Stoddy like before a game or the days leading up to a game? Uh, in the early days, I used to be really nervous and overthinking things and the Friday night was, you know... I'm, I didn't get a lot of sleep really on Friday night, so I, I had the notebook out and scribbled stuff down, scratched out, down. 
But then you, you sort of got used to it and, yeah. and to what it was and you knew what uh, teams you had and, and the tools that you had and it started falling into clock. Uh, it was clockwork, you know. Yeah. You talk about a notebook, mate. Do you have a book of plays and ideas that you keep? No, not so much um, a book as I keep the plays. It's, um, you know, because we used... Um, I, I probably followed Dave Sorensen because he... I, I thought Dave Sorensen was the, the best coach in New Zealand, but and I sort of copied Dave and and Dave and Basil were coaching Cardinals in Hutt Valley, and um, I sort of spoke with them a lot. And like Dave was very good to me when I was coming up through, and uh, yeah, so um, like he was using a hit and run early and um, squeezing and fake bunt steals, double steals. So like you've got them there, but it's like what I was going back to uh, having the right. You, you can't use it every time it happens, yep. but you know if you've got that fast man at second, or you know you can you can do it with the right hitters. So I think it's a matter of just having what you know your team can do and then implement it at, at the right stage of the game. Through your time, you've coached a lot of players. You've seen a lot of characters, mate. Who's been some of the memorable, especially characters that you've, characters. That you've run into? Um, well, I'd have to put Jimmy Hall in there. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> just a straight lout. But, um, yeah, I've... Gee, there's, there's been so many of them. Um, yeah, I can't can't single them all out. It was, um, but it, it, well, you know yourself, Chopper, with a team. Like you'll always get the um, the bright spark, or you know the one that'll be, lead the team. It'll be the jokester and do all the fun stuff. And um, yeah, there's been heaps of them through the time. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you you mentioned when you came to PK, uh, you had a very well balanced and experienced uh, lineup. How did you find a way to manage those different characters at that level? And who are some of the guys we're talking about here? Well, we, we were lucky with uh, that team in those days. We had Les, Les Bishop as our captain. And, um, you know, I mean, those bishops totally know their softball. And Sammy was uh, like a real good captain. He, he was sort of laid back and... Even on the field, he, he could just sort of make eye contact and sort of nod you this way or just a point of the finger, and it worked. Um, uh, our trainings were always really good, and it was always open in the team talks to talk, you know, like a couple of senior guys might say something, but yep. the, the, like everybody was able to have their input, you know, gotcha. so and, and it just went through from that. But Was that the, important for you? Like oh, a, big time. Obviously you leading them, but allowing the athletes to have a say. Oh, yeah, big time. Big Why time. is it? Oh, well, you like them. I, I sort of like to get a feel of a team, you know, like because you can feel what they're saying and doing and, and what what they're putting into a team, and it's what I want. So if they've said it, I don't have to say it, you know, so you could follow there and you, you get that good camaraderie and stuff. Because that um, first time w with the PK team, like you had the bear tents and stuff and that, and they would mingle with everybody. But afterwards, when they were away, like that team was tight. Mm. You throw a blanket and, and you got the whole lot of them. They, they were together all the time. Nice, 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 Stoddy. Um, Stoddy, the, um, you mentioned picking up a title, first title with uh, PK Club Nationals as being one of your memorable moments. Why? Uh, well, we were lucky to make the playoffs. Um, the photo that we had of our team in the uh, in that official playoff program, 
was bloody terrible. We played uh, Auckland Marist and they we lost to them and mm. we only scraped in fourth to get there, you know. So then we had to go up and beat uh, Ramblers and Hendy pitched the first game and shit, it was like a rifle range. He gave up about three runs and five hits. <laughs> <laughs> and so I brought Rocket in and he tidied that game up Ugly and we days. won. Yeah, and then we, we had... Um, Oh, I think it was Hutt Valley Marist. It was a, a big Canadian boy. I think I'm pretty sure it was Marist. Yeah. But then we got through to uh, playing the cards, and, and the same thing happened. Old Hendy uh, got touched a bit, so brought Rocket in again to finish that game off. And, um, yeah, the final play of the game that we won was... Um, like the Mad Mary was on third, and he come running in and dived over the top of Mark Sorensen. Yeah, well, well who's the Mad Mary? Uh, Ray Timu. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. Yeah, so um, he come diving over. Yeah, well, he dived. He dived over Mark, and and there was a big poster, the Lion Red series, but it was all around. All the pubs had them, yeah, and yeah. he's got one framed in his that's garage, right. of course. Yeah, but yeah, um, I've seen that photo. yeah, but um. And, of course, what happened after all that, there was a bit of, I don't know if Mark got a bit of a bump or something, but the game was stopped for quite a bit. And then, of course, as soon as it called play, Mark got the ball and stood on a plate and appealed, you know. And, like, my heart sunk, you know. I thought, oh, no. You know? Like, yeah. But um, he'd, he'd, let, he'd touched it. Well, I'd asked him about it, you know, like, years afterwards. Mm. And his uh, language, colourful language, you know, he's like, oh, bloody touched the base all right, you know. But, um, yeah. But there was a funny thing with that about um, 12 or 14 months ago, a triple A AAA baseball player yes. done exactly the same thing and they put it on a news clip and it shot all around the world of this triple uh, A uh, player yeah. diving over the top yeah, of a catcher gotcha. with all the baseball and stuff. They'd never seen it. Yeah, yeah. And like I looked at it and like the Mad Mary done it 37 years ago. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, back in those days, mate, softball was massive. I mean, not just the coverage it was getting it was on TV, some of those series, but um, but just as you looked across the rosters of the teams, the standard of player and the age of player, <coughs> um, and, and if I compare it to today, there's more of a younger generation that are playing uh, with a spattering of old veterans, but you know they were in their late twenties, early thirties, somewhere in that range when you know those all and every single player on the team were of that calibre. Yeah, it, w- it was really good. Like what we were talking before, how strong all the teams were and and uh, good teams and yeah, it was a great era um, back playing through that time and it, even through that late seventies, early eighties, when like a lot of teams were picking up. Uh, an American and a Canadian, or they had all those players, and and I feel that they helped a, a lot of the teams as well. You know, perhaps uh, some of the lesser teams. You know, so um, I, I thought that was good um, all, all through that era. And to me, it's I'm really disappointed where softball has dropped to now. That the the standard of softball and the teams that have dropped off, and because it was great in those days. We, yeah. had, we, we had good crowds, there were good games, and, you know, they were pretty fierce uh, games as well, you know. There was no quarter given. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you lead me to another question here, the hardship, or not the hardship, but the hard-nosed play of softball, especially back in the day where there was never an inch given, and and if it was more than an inch, it's an all-in-brawl type thing. Uh, you miss that? 
Uh, I do a little bit to a degree. You know, like um, I was pretty lucky with our games. There, there was an odd bit of a tussle here and there sometimes, but um, but I think it was accepted by both teams. You yeah. know, like if if you're going in and you're, you're going to hit somebody, well, you know, as long as it was done clean and hard, yes. it, it was accepted. You know, yeah. Oh, is the difference between. Hard softball and dirty softball. Yeah, right? I get what you yes. mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that hard softball, though. Yes. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you break a rule. <laughs> yeah. Your teammates get one of the ribs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. I never, I never hit a batter though. I like Mark Sorensen, and I put him on probably the most of anybody. Yeah, but I always gave him four balls. I didn't hit him. Like we. You know, Dave would, uh, he didn't mind if a pitcher slipped and yeah. got the ribs or whatever, but um, I don't think that came in to as big as our game as what it did in America and Canada. Yeah. You know, they yeah. use that a lot more. Oh, yeah. 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 No qualms in talking yeah. to a player yeah. over there. And that uh, Mark here guy, he's not too bad. He keeps your honesty. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Well, actually, let's talk a little bit about Thomas Marker. You've been with Thomas Marker for a very, very long time. What has that relationship been like? Oh, it's it's been great. Um, my time in Hawke's Bay, um, I actually became very, very good friends with his dad. He, his dad done a lot with the Dodger Club. Yeah. And uh, we buddied up and sort of became friends. And then... Uh, Larry was on those uh, well, that '96 uh, World Series and stuff, and that. So from that day on, and like he performed at that age, and yeah, no, he's a, a, a really um, a great player and a deep thinking, astute uh, softball coach, and um, yeah, yeah, mate. I, we talked a little bit uh, earlier, um, and you told me a funny story about picking up a star out of Hooks Bay. When everyone thought you were going to do that, but that wasn't your intention. What's the story? Who's the player? Uh, Paul Walford's the player, but um, yeah, I was married with uh, Lovey at the time, and I'd, we were back in Hawke's Bay for some occasion. And, and but the afternoon, I'd gone into uh, a Kena Park to watch a softball, and uh, different people sidled up to me like straight away as soon as I got on the park. It's uh, you come up to see Paul Walford. Are you taking Paul Walford? And said, no, no, I've just come to watch the game. And about six or eight people at different times all sidled past me and stuff. And Paul Walford, Paul Walford. And then uh, he came on to the park and he was, I seen him with a group of people down there and they were pointing to me. So he came up to me and we started talking. And uh, yeah, when I had him, I went home on Sunday afternoon, I had him in the car. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, talking about getting him in the driver's seat, mate, we've got a little surprise for you here, buddy. There he is. Oh, good. Ah, fantastic. <laughs> G'day, Paul. How are you going for those that... that How are mate? Going? All right? Good, good. I'm great. You're looking well. Gee, a bit of, bit of grey coming up there, boy. <laughs> fantastic. Looking good, Sudsy. Oh, great to see you too. This is a real shock. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Wally, Paul Walford, thanks a lot for taking the time, bud. Obviously surprising your mate here, uh, Ron Stoddard, uh, in his episode. Dude, tell us a bit about Stoddy. Uh, well, I, I hope I got, look, you, got what you asked me a little bit uh, right here. Yeah, I was sitting here last night just thinking about the first time I met Stoddy. Um, I was actually up in Auckland looking for a team to play for, and... Uh, 
I came back to Hastings. I drove back. I, I had already sorted out a, a team to pay for up in Auckland. And I got back to Hastings, and lo and behold, Stodgy's sitting in my, my mum's house chatting away with my mum. And um, I got there, and we started chatting. He asked me to come down and play for Island Bay. And um, I was pretty happy about that. You know, I, when I first thought, saw Stodgy, I thought, geez, PK guy here. And uh, he said, no, I'm with, uh, with Island Bay now. So I said, yeah, we'll do that. And I was already ready to pack up my stuff and move out to Auckland. So I packed everything up and I, sh- I shot down to uh, Wellington with Stodsy. And he was kind enough to put me in his house. So I lived with him for a little bit. You know, and uh, it's probably the best thing I ever did for my softball career, to be honest with you. Um, he, was a, he was a big part in uh, helping me get to where I, where I got to and um, what I did in my softball career. You know, it's like living with an encyclopedia for, for softball. Yeah, the guy had so much knowledge, and, and he kind of surprised me. You know, we're sitting there having dinner and everything. He talks about a certain pitch in a certain game, something that happened, you know, months ago. And I'm like, how the heck do you remember all that stuff? But he's, he's, got, a, he's got a mind that just ticks over, and it's just, it's just never, never ending. And um, But anyway, we got down there, and the one thing that I'll never forgive him for um, – was he introduced me to a guy, Ray Timmon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, it, 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 it opened the door for me. And, um, you know, and I, I think I've only told you this once before, Stodgy, I'm grateful, absolutely grateful for what you did for me. And, um, you know, I hold you in such high regards. You, you, have, a, you have a soft spot for me and I'm... I have you in my heart deep because of what you did for me. And I truly appreciate it. You know, so thank you. And, uh, you know, it, it's great to be here and be able to sit here and chat with you again. And uh, I, I think the last time we saw each other was at um, Stephen Rado's wedding. The wedding, yeah, it was. Christchurch, yeah. 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 Oh, I, I, I flew into my, my daughter's 21st and I we're driving around. She said, we'll stop in at the softball club rooms and then Steve Rado's wedding was on. So, yeah, that was the last time we actually had a beer together. So um, I thought I'd have another one for you now, Stubbsy. <laughs> a big glass. I've got my deaf and dumb going. So. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, we've had a lot of fun times over the years. You know, I prayed for some good teams and prayed against some good teams. You know, the biggest memory I have for the best team, one of the best teams I ever played for was the Wellington squad. And uh, you guided us to the national title, I don't know, what was it, five or six times in a row. And that was amazing what we did and the team we had and, you know, how, how you just sort of put it all together and, and the players that you had available to yourself and, and everything you did. So it was kind of like pick your mind every, every, every time we got out there on the diamond. So I learned a hell of a lot from you. and you know, It was just a great thing. Uh, great to see, to see you, mate. I remember... All that uh, vividly, and uh, was so great when you come back. To, uh, helped us uh, to get going with Island Bay, and then you made your right moves uh, going to Miramar and to PK. And um, I thank you for what you said about me. It was uh, really nice. But uh, you know, like we got the '96 uh, World Series together as well. So um, you've had a great career, and even what you're doing with Ball now, it's so uh, great to do all that, and really great to see you. Thank you. Thanks, Sozzy. I appreciate that. Uh, it is good. good to see all of you guys. 
Yeah, great to see you, bud. All good, bud. All good, man. All, All good. good. All good. Hey, thank you, Wally. We really, really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. No Thank, thanks, Wally. Great Thank to see you, mate. I just, gotta, um, I just gotta step out and have my fun tonight, run my date. <laughs> That's and, still uh, a deaf and dumb, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate this time and um, allowing me to have have a little chat and catch up with Stodzy. It was great to see you guys. Thanks, man. Kakiti. All right, guys. Kakiti. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. All right, man. You too. Thank you, Paul. You too. Family. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic, uh, Stoddy. I, um, uh, you know, I know that uh, Wally had a, a deep respect for you, man, and and uh, and great to get him to to yeah. uh, to be able to come, come and spend some time with you. Oh, it was, yeah, brilliant, and yeah, having that, that was a real shock. It was well done, thank you. Yeah, he's come through as a really good hitter too, didn't he, Paul? So um, yeah, no, he's done well, and he's done good. I was telling you, I have a little story about him. Uh, I, I came down here about a 19-year-old for a, for a Cardinals tournament uh, down at the um, beside the old Batoni Workman's Club. Used to be a diamond there or whatever the case was. We're playing PK. Grandmother comes to watch first game. She'd never come to watch. I tried to hit a home run. And luckily enough, on the second pitch from Rocket, Glenn Davies, I smacked it over the fence. Anyway, second at bat is this young 19-year-old lefty. I was like, oh, I'll drop a running bunt down and show PK what I've got. You know, you never know. I might get a phone call. So I dropped this perfect running bunt down. I'm going down to first base. I was quick in those days, obviously, 19. And the ball arrives to first base before me. I turn around and have a look. It's Paul Walford playing third back. He was glass. Yeah, he was. um, I think, too, you know, when we touched before about when you moved around the country and seen these uh, players, and they had the good pitching up there with Owen and um, Graham Arnold and all that sort of stuff. But they just got that little bit more finesse when they came down learning defensively properly and, and hitting um, a bit better. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, very, very, very cool. Um, mate, some of the other players that you've got to to have under your reign, and we, we've got Don Tricker coming on as well. He was one of the players that you had. Um, who, who, who's, you know, when you've got some of those players, what was that like? Yeah, I, I suppose I was lucky because I did have a lot of um, real good players and Don became um, like a really good heat, hitter, lethal hitter. We had him um, hitting behind uh, Mike Nichols one time and they were walking Nicks to get to Don and Don was crushing it. Yeah. You know, so he, he got going there and then he got into his own coaching and done well and um a big step with what he's done for New Zealand softball going like with the rugby and the yeah. baseball to San Diego. So um, the big doors that have opened, he's open for uh, sure his. softball. Yeah. Mate, I wanted to ask you about, about <coughs> your methodology in coaching um, and um, the way you build a lineup. So if we talk like a hitting lineup, what Stoddy's approach, what type of athlete do you put in the one, two, three, four hole and such? Yeah, I well when I when I uh, do make a a lineup up, um, I I give it a bit of a chance to work. You know, if it doesn't bloody work straight away, I I, I try and let them have four or five games to see if things work. But I sort of well back in the day, our number four hitter was your your big downtown boy. You know, yep. then they come to the three, and then well even two now. One of Donny Hale with Ramblers and stuff and that. But I used to try and use a guy that would get on base a lot, um, see what his on, on base was, like he, if he was forcing errors to get on or uh, walking or whatever. So that's your lead-off man. 
And probably our perfect uh, number two hitter would have been Dean Rice, you know, because he can slap and move the ball around and then quite often you're getting a couple of runners on and then you're bringing up the Marks and all the others, you know, your downtown boys. So um, then three, four and five would, would be the, your big boys and then sort of repeat it a little bit if you can, you know. That, so you do, once you get to that six hole, if you like, you start building the line up again to start to create another run? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah try and... Um, some of the tournaments we've won, you know, because we did get on a, a big run with Wellington, you know, we won five or six in a row or something, but um, we won the Nationals with um, PK at uh, 2011, but our tail wagged, you know, we had uh, Con- Conrad Bain was catching for us, uh, Crispy, and <laughs> but they were sort of like uh, six, seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. But the tail wagged, and we were scoring runs from the tail, you know, and then your top of your order boys were honest all the time. So, um, yeah, oh, fantastic. And they were. I was at that uh, at that uh, final uh, another great victory. Uh, also, it marked an era with PK where just before that period, that kind of there was a few pieces missing, if you like, and they kind of a bit wayward, and they weren't the powerhouses they were of old. Then, when you came back to the frame with PK, things turned around again. How did you do that? Um, I, I think just it's once again, you know, like if you're missing a piece in the jigsaw, you know, if you if you try and get that right piece and it fits, um, you know, that's all basically what we've done. And because um, our, our our trainings and and the senior players that we've got got around with PK and um, are very very helpful to young kids. Like they're bringing a bunch of young kids through now, and there's yep. a, a couple of good boys that should go a long way so um but basically that's what it is and 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 the biggest thing too i think chopper is like the kids that you're working with they have to want it and put the effort in you know if they come to your training you spend your time with them and tell them this and that and if they go off and run around with a girlfriend or do whatever they do but it's those ones that go out and, and put that extra work in you know and that and you can see how it, how it comes up and how, how much they improve eh? Yeah, you can indeed. Mate, I want to get on to the international career uh, um, because you joined the Black Sox coaching staff in the Tour of 95 and, of course, the gold-winning World Championship in 1996 in Midland, Michigan. The first question I want to ask, why do you think New Zealand softballers have been successful on the world scene? Oh, well, I... Well, it's, it, it, we've gone with um, complete teams. I mean, like in the early days when Hurleys uh, and Wolf and Dawson and all those guys were going over, um, we had the pitching and we didn't have the hitting. And so the hitting's caught up. You know, you had the Knicks and Stringers and all the other boys that, that got hitting. So uh, we, we were going with complete teams. And that 96 was a, uh, a really, really good team, you know, like... Uh, we had Sticks as our pitching coach, but you know, he had Whitey and Chubb and Marty, and um, you know, it was good pitching all the way through, and and the hitting was um, was lethal. We never lost a game on that um, on that tour. Yeah, yeah, outstanding. Obviously, kept off with the with the no hitter, uh, no perfect game, no hitter from Michael White. Yeah, um, in the final there of '96, as a coach on the sideline watching that unfold, what's that like? 
Oh, it was it was really great. Um, it's funny for me with that World Series. I mean, it was nice to win that World Series. Uh, I have only ever been to one and, and won it. But um, I think those other boys had lost a World Series and, and came to win that because we were in uh, Prince George up in Canada and we, we played on the Friday night um, at a, an Indigenous tournament and we didn't play... We didn't. We played bad, but Taifao hit a couple of bombs and we won. And, and um, of course, Walsh was going to give us. We had all day to wait around. You know, we yep. knew, knew he was going to be the old fist pumping <laughs> and the thing. But I, he, I always started. He let me go first. But what I'd done, I crossed over to the boys. You know, to see what their thing was. And Chubb uh, in Manila, he was pitching, and he gave up that three-run shot to Jody Hanniger. Um, but when he was walking off, well, you know, the World Series, they're like the New Zealand uh, crowd is in the same place. Yeah. Well, he's walking off and he sort of looked up and his dad had his uh, hands in his head looking down, you know, and because Chubb said, right, I'm, I'm winning one. Well, it, from that World Series to the next World, World Series, uh, Bill passed away. So then uh, Dean Rice said um, it's been like sleeping with a brick in his bed for four years. Yeah. Um, the other ones... Um, Whitey was the only one, apparently, um, that was going to be his last World Series in 92. And when, when they got tripped up, he just picked his bag up and he said, oh, that's not me, I'm coming back next time. You know, But they all went through their, their own stories. And yeah. I'm, I'm, that 96 team was so good, I mean, I, I just really rode the, the wade with, with them. Um, that first time when, when we won the Nationals and done things or the, the PK game at, uh, what's the name? They're, like They were bigger wins for me because I, I was never under pressure with that 96 team. We, yeah. we, I remember talking to Brett McKenzie when they had the Young Ramblers team with uh, Jackson and all them up there and, and like a lot of upstarts, but they rolled through and beat everybody, went to clubs and done it, and it was like, this game's easy, it's, you know. <laughs> and then like when you get tripped up, yeah. Holy shit! It, like it means something, you know. So you got to dig in and do a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's. Uh, oh, well, well, congratulations, mate! I see you got the ring on today, and you deserve it, buddy. It's not. It's very hard to get that ring, or to earn that ring, and and uh, you've done us proud in that '96. That's for sure. Thanks, Chopper. Yeah, brilliant, mate. You mentioned one of the other, and you just touched on a little bit there about uh, one of the other memorable moments in ball, and, and you said the first title or the do- debut of the PK Classic AU in the final but tell us about that road and that story yeah well because um, I was heavily involved in organising that tournament and getting teams and like Larry was giving me a big help and, and all the uh, club members really got in behind it so it was a big thing to get off the ground but um, we played uh, great ball through through that weekend and um yeah, we turned a triple play, like Brad um, hit a ball, and it, it would have had to have been a hitter like Brad for this to come off, because like, he smashes it, and uh, but he hit it to uh, Josh Gettings, and it was a load of bases or runners on two and one or something, but he stepped on three, went to second, was close, out, and we had Brad out by about three or four steps, but it was just a, a the best triple play that I've ever been involved with that come from there. And we come through... Thanks, Doddy. I was on the team. You did that triple play. <laughs> yeah, but it was yes. around the horn perfectly. Three, two, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I seen your face change there. I couldn't, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember. 
yeah. <laughs> good memory. Yeah. yeah, and then, of course, that final was totally something else. Um, like AU had come through um, having to play all the games. They started 9 in the morning and won all the way through, uh, 9, 11, 1, and then playing the final at 3 o'clock. And they were beating us 8-4 uh, in the bottom of the seventh. And I, I can remember it vividly, you know, because when you've got to chase four runs to uh, tie a game, I mean, yeah. it doesn't happen all the time. And uh, and there was a big crowd. There was a big crowd up there. Oh, yeah. A nice sunny day in Wellington without any wind, you know. So <laughs> and the beer tent had been rocking. So, yeah, um, so typical. Yeah. And and uh, anyway, um, oh, we got a legger or somebody got somebody on, and there was a oh, and um, somebody else got a hit, and we got runners on two and one, and it got it grew louder. Then we got the load of bases. Um, Benny hit the bomb, I think it was, and then, um, you know, so we get the granny, and, like, oh, they're all yelling yeah. and screaming. Of course, then we go back out, and um, Benny starts hitting the bat again, and we give up another couple of runs. Yeah. Uh, and I think, shit, you know, like, we've scored four, we can't come out, we can't repeat this all the time. Hey. But we, we come back and um, got a couple and tied it up, and then Larry hit a bomb, you know, but that was that game was uh, really, really great, and... Um, a nice day and good. How yeah, you were talking about the the teams having good play because that was all the uh, Anokas and yep. everything in that AU team in those days. It was um, yeah, it was good ball and a, and a great game. Yeah, uh, fantastic, mate! Congratulations on everything except for that triple play. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say congratulations, <laughs> Stoddy, um, mate. In your time, you've made a lot of good friends in this game ar- around the country. What do those friendships mean to you? Oh. Uh, um, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I, I've devoted a lot of my life to softball, and um, I, I have met uh, really, really great um, friends and stuff. Um, probably rubbed up a couple of people the wrong way, but I, th- you know, they still talk and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I, I would just really like to thank all, of all the people that I have been in, in, uh, involved with softball and the, and the teams and coaches and managers and stuff that I've played against. Is uh, uh, like thank them very much for all what they've done for me and softball and stuff. Um, yeah, it's been great. Well, I think the softball community thanks you, uh, mate. You gave us a world title uh, and numerous uh, titles down here, both club and association uh, with Wellington. A lot of fond memories for people that will be lifelong memories for them. I, I think for me, I've always admired just the way you coach and how clever you are around the game. Uh, and it's kind of one of those ones when you don't think you're up to something, you're up to something. <laughs> that's the, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you're always good for a chat too. And uh, whether that's in the beer tent or whatever the case is, you've always got time for people. And I think that just speaks volumes, mate. So you've made a lot of good friendships and you, and you deserve every single one of them. Thank you. Stoddy, down that we mentioned before the podcast, I wanted to run a Stoddy's starting nine. So you get to pick a lineup, any era, any country, whatever you like up. This is one lineup you could make to take on any team in the world. What's Stoddy's starting nine? Yeah. Um, I appreciate all the time you gave me for this chopper to work this one out. But, um, <laughs> um, Oh, I'm, I'll go with New Zealand. Um, uh, Hurley will be pitching. Mark will catch. Jazz will be at um, first base. Uh, Dean Rice at third. Kerry Joe, shortstop. Um, 
the outfield, I'd have uh, Donny Hale, Larry and Nicks. Uh, my old mate Wally, I'd have him as uh, the DH. So I think there's just a second base missing there at the moment. <laughs> That's a pretty good lineup already. Yeah, second um, base, maybe a relief. It was right field. Oh, oh, I just threw those three outfielders in there: okay. Larry, Larry, uh, Donny Hale, and uh, Nick's. Yeah, second base. Who was that first? Jazz, Jazz, Jared uh, Martin. How did he make the team? Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Just, well, he, in that no, no, that Whitey perched it. He made some brilliant outs. Uh, Is that right? Jared, yeah, he, he, uh, some. They were triples. They were down the first base line, you know, they drilled and Jazz snagged them, eh? So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't get a single base in there, guys. Well, that you, have, you have to give me more than three minutes uh, <laughs> <laughs> next time, Chopper, when no, I've got to name a team. You know what? You know what, Study? What we'll do with this one then is you out there. If you want to be on Stoddy's starting nine <laughs> and want to play second back, you send it through and we'll, we'll send that to Stoddy all those nominations and he can select it from there. Sending CV. That sounds like a pretty good uh, starting nine relief pitcher. you got Hurley here as your starter. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, once again, there's so bloody many, isn't it? But um, Whitey won, done the no-no in that 96, so I'll, I'll throw Whitey in there. Nice, not too bad indeed. There you go, how about that, uh, Damon? You read out that starting nine. Obviously, we'll leave the second baseman for our viewers to nominate themselves for. What have we got, Damon? On the mound, Kevin Hurley behind the dish, uh, Mark Sorensen, Jared Martin at first, Dean Rice at three, shortstop Kerry Joe, and your outfielders, Donnie Hale, Larry, Thomas Marchio, and Nicks. Pretty Decent lineup and Michael White coming on and relief. Oh, yeah, and the relief. <laughs> the, the perfect game, if you will. I, I just researched good. it. No header or perfect game, it's perfect game. Well, wait a minute. Team's not finished yet. Who's your assistant? <laughs> Who's your manager? Um, oh, wait, put, is, put Larry in the team so I can't be my assistant, can he? <laughs> um, oh, Chanel. I'll have to give um, Chanel hey. the, um, the manager's job. She's been through the PK and the Wellington things and does a great job. Um, so an, an assistant coach. Um, oh crikey! <laughs> I love you, Stoddy. Going oh, through, okay. I can see your mind turning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you've got so many to choose from from such a long career that you don't want to offend anyone, and I feel <laughs> you for that for sure. Yeah. That's a pretty uh, decent lineup, buddy. Um, I got to say, Stoddy, um, I'm so glad that we got a chance to. to Les, Les Bishop, I'll throw Sammy in as my assistant coach. There you go. Boom. Couldn't be better. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, he's he done a lot for the game too, eh? Oh, yeah, they have. Yeah. That whole family, yeah. Yeah. Done heaps and heaps of football. Yeah. We'll look after the chilli bin, mate. Yes, we will. We yep. will. Yeah, hard out, hard out. We'll stream the game for you. How's that sound? Stoddy, man, I'm so, so stoked that we were able to get you before you Fly the coop, heading over to Aussie uh, tomorrow or Tuesday, whatever it, whatever mm. it is, and um, wish you the best of luck going over there. Hopefully, uh, you'll be on the dugout stubby hot or keep your beers cold beside the swimming pool <laughs> while you're over there. Yeah, no, that's great. Thanks um, very much for having me. I've really enjoyed it, and I mean, I love talking ball and what we've done and stuff, and I've been fortunate with what I have won, but it's, I still love the game and would like to see it back to that golden era. That's what I would love. 
Absolutely. I feel this is just part one because we, you know, you, we're on time restriction for you this time, but next time it'll be in the beer tent for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even picked your game on your thoughts on Fastball 45 because I know you love that and all that stuff. Well, so let, let's go there. Let, oh, let's okay. go there because okay. Jerome, uh, Jerome Ramaki was uh, saying, you know, um, playing Fastball 45 was something cool, but playing under you – and then you bringing out some of these, what the hell is that coaching style? <laughs> How did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I, I, I've got a lot of softball mates like the purists, and they were totally um, anti uh, the, the 45. But um, I, I said to them, like, it's on TV and people are talking about it, so it's got to be good for the game. And uh, we tried some different things, you know, having a right fielder playing second base and trying to just jam them inside and that sort of stuff and tried to, uh, well, two points for the squeeze plays. So, you know, we tried a few of those and got, I think we tried, we got three in one innings and, and missed a fourth. But, um, yeah, no, no, it was good. Did you, um, did, you, did you use some of those, once you got to unleash some of those um, coaching uh, strategies, if you like, did you end up finding yourself using a few of them in the normal regulation game of softball? Or was that possible? Uh, well, the first part of your question is no, I, I didn't. But it, you're right, there, there are things that you can do or, or could do, take into uh, like the normal game, uh, particularly that uh, positioning of a, another player and um, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, awesome, awesome. Well, I tell you what, it was, it was an enjoy. It was a joy to watch you, you come out with that strategy. Yeah, definitely bringing in that outfitter into second base. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other one I noticed too a little bit, I mean, I'd always renowned you and Wellington for uh, doing the uh, the squeeze play quite often anyway, before the squeeze play become popular with Fastball 45. You'd run that play from third base, a uh, runner on third base quite often mm. uh, type thing. But one that I did see you using quite a lot was – Kind of a similar play, but a runner from two, real fast runner from two, and you would send him all the way on the bunt play into, into home. Yeah, yeah, well, that was when we were talking about earlier on. You know, like if you get somebody that can put down like that really good bunt, or like take it deep infield a bit and make make them have to work, and the rabbit's just on his bike. So, um, yeah. But those sorts of plays is, you know, you've got to have the right players yeah. in the right position and then you can try and execute them. Yeah. And, of course, they don't always work too, you know, so you get the knives thrown in your back when they don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Damien's going to come up with a couple of questions and comments from our, our viewers. I've got one here from Doug Roberts. He says, a big hello to my mate, Stoddy. Such an awesome man, an amazing giver to softball. What is it like to hear comments like that, but? Well, from Doug, um, that's real great. I mean, he's the biggest um, softball nut fan I've ever met. I've, I've been to his house, and um, I've never seen somebody with so much stuff. He had, uh, he's got all the jerseys around his lounge. He, he's got everything, and uh, yeah, yeah. No, he he follows softball day and night. That guy. Yeah, he sure does indeed. Well, some from our listeners, Izzy Nukunuku, would like to know how you've kept your hair for so long with coaching such greats. Yeah, I want to know the answer to that question too. <laughs> should, have, um, should have told you that years yeah, ago. Yeah, it went, uh, went grey pretty early. 
Yeah, Liz is still there, mate, for sure. We agree with you, Liz. Uh, it will require an extra episode, but uh, what a career. Literally done everything from Liz Flint. Um, we've already asked Marty's one about the cake. Chris Defoe, is it Defoe? Uh, said you should know your game, know the opposition, understand your players, and a little strange helps too. Is that a is that a start quote? Is it? Um, I don't think so. No, <laughs> something in there. Do you like that though, Stoddy? Uh, obviously, you've mentioned about that quite a bit through mm, this yeah, podcast obviously. about understanding your players. You mm. talked about the '96 guys uh, at the World Cup and and getting to know what their story is, what their uh, motivation is to be successful uh, in '96. But is it also part of your strategy sometimes to throw in something unusual in the mix? Um, or occasionally I'll, I'll like I, I've um, like tried to attack the game of softball. I, I, I like running and using the short game or hitting runs and stuff. Um, so I don't really change too much from that. But it, um, occasionally we, you know, we might just try something little that's not done often. But I think the big comment in that is, is love what we're saying is uh, knowing your players and have your players to uh, e- execute. Mm. You know, that's, um, yeah. A young Dante Maracatia, shouldn't call him young anymore to be fair, <laughs> he simply writes one word, goat. Greatest of all time. Doesn't even write it, it's the emoji. <laughs> but a lot of people say that, mate. Yeah, he's... Uh He's a very good player. The, the times, well, I had uh, Dante and Kimmer and Riley and all those through the 15s and 17s. Like Larry had them sometimes, and I, I was in there as well. Yeah, and, you've coached uh, like about 13 Marquias, I think. <laughs> <laughs> to keep producing it. Yeah. <laughs> but Dante um, really, really trained hard, and he was one like I could back myself to use uh, on a squeeze play. Like yep. he, he would get the ball down. And like he. Um, we had a game up, and I can't remember the team. They, we should have sort of beaten them reasonably easy, but they they had a game with us, and and uh, we were playing like right to the seventh. And I put a squeeze I play on Dante, um, but he ju- he just ran straight to two, you know, like yep. the corners come yeah, in yeah. and the play and back. But he was uh, and he was a very very good player that I used for hit and runs. Dante, he's um, done it done it well. Yeah, yeah. As another player, I picked up on you guys exactly that. You don't just sacrifice, but the runner turns and goes to two on the play mm. uh, every time. <laughs> Always pushing, pushing the boundaries, mate. Black Sox World Cup next year, in uh, end of November, beginning of December, up at Rosedale. How are we going to go? Um, well, it's unfortunate to where our softball's gone. Um, you know, we, we haven't re- we haven't got the pitching that we used to have. And if you see the standard of where softball's from, where we had the juniors up in uh, Palmy last year, yep. the standard of uh, young New Zealand softball coming through is totally, really disappointing. And, um, you know, you had uh, Jazz and Larry and Bevan and all that working with those kids, and they know ball inside out, um, like to help those kids, but the, the talent just wasn't there. And for Czech, first time ever, Beating a New Zealand team, you yeah, know? and it was on around Dunghill, eh? So, um, yeah, it's a shame to where the game's going. Um, I believe Wonga's, you know, they've got about six teams up and running there. And I spoke to somebody last night, but apparently, what they've done up there is get softball into schools, you know. So, I mean, if that's working and, and it's growing, and the rest of New Zealand has to follow suit, I mean, that's 
my big love and everything for softball right now is to get it back to where it was yeah. and for the clubs to be doing working. Hub Valley are doing a good thing at the moment with um, the under-17s. Uh, they've got a good little program going with those boys and stuff. And um, I went out and watched the game and it was a, a bunch of bloody boys, but they, wanted, they brought a mate along. So he joined in and started yeah. playing. So it's growing and they got the numbers and there's some good little ball players. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. But we, we need that to happen. Well, you know, yeah. like you're saying in Auckland, how the numbers have dropped off there in our biggest city. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, you talk about schools. When we were growing up, we all played softball at school mm-hmm. or at least introduced to it, whether mm-hmm. it was T-ball or whatever the case was. Yes. Yeah. So that was where we all started it. And, yeah. And, yeah. And then you got with your local club and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make a good point. Oh, we've had two programs in the short time I've been a sports coordinator at school, but um, the kids love it. Yeah, they love it. Yeah. yeah. Stoddy, will you come back for the World Cup? Oh, I honestly, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where I'm going to be. Um, like Chubb's uh, getting Nor Perry to do a lot of work, and yep. I promised him that if Nor Perry made the team, I would go and watch Nor Perry, which I'll have to hold my word on that one. But nice. um, I'm. I haven't got plans of, of at I, the moment. I can't I can't tell you anything. I tell you what, I'm, and I'm no not plans hiding nothing either. I, no. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. I'll tell you what, though, bud. If you uh, get a chance to make a trip back over in uh, November, December next year for the World Cup, there'll be a cold pint sitting for you at the bar. I'll keep you up on that one. <laughs> He's making sure the shake's on. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Well, uh, once again, mate, thank you so much for taking the time. It really, really, really pleased to capture some moments in your career and how you've touched so many people uh, in our great game around the country not just with the results mate but just the friendships that you've made have been special and uh, it's been special having you here at Beyond the Dugger. Yeah, thank you very much I've, I've enjoyed it thank, thank you thank you Stoddy yeah. really appreciate it mate been, been great thank you well there you go ladies and gentlemen he's won pretty much everything Started the son of a fisherman, Island Bay, come through and through. Got to play around the country, got to coach some of the best athletes in the world. Wellington Softball Association recognised them in 2019. <coughs> Softball New Zealand's only a matter of time before they recognise him as well. He deserves everything he gets. World Championship Coach in 1996, Midland, Michigan. It is Warren Stoddard. Here on Beyond the Dugger. Dude, what a gentleman of our game, what a legend, and how fantastic they spent some time with Study. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I I don't know him as well as you do. I know him from shaking hands, saying hi now and then, um, getting a team sheet off him for announcing kind of thing. But um, to get to know the man a bit more, like I've said a million times on this podcast, um, to get to know a legend of our game and, and find out just another genuine bloke that's just done it all, it's pretty cool. The thing for me, man, you saw uh, partway through the pod there, um, he started to get emotional and it just shows how much the game of softball and friendship means to uh, study. He's going to be missed uh, going to Australia, and I'm sure the Aussies will love having him over there anyway. But he'll be missed here for sure. Oh, yeah, mate. I mean, he's already he's already missed. Like, there's already people that are already wishing he was still here, um, you know, and not in Australia. But um, 
family's family, mate. He's got to do his thing. He's got some time on his hand these days. So um, I wish him all the best. But I really am uh, very, very appreciative of him coming and spending some the last uh, couple hours with that, that he had a chance to before he flew out. Yeah. Pretty cool, pretty cool indeed, uh, without a doubt. Well, next week, mate, will be New Year's. We're going to have that one off because <laughs> New Year's is going to be massive uh, this year. Um, so I'm sure, i got a feeling, like I know it's going to be massive for me uh, and you. Uh, however, I think it's going to be massive around the country. I mean, like especially the Aucklanders, but even the whole country, for what they've gone through this year, I think they're just going to celebrate the, you know, the, the house down. Yeah. Yeah, well, why not, man? <laughs> like, you know, to put 2021 20, to bed, put a ribbon on it, and then chuck it in the bin in the yeah. next morning. Uh, and then just go start afresh and uh, start with a hangover. Like, uh, every good New Year should. I feel like I should, <laughs> I should buy a bottle store. <laughs> You'd be a millionaire, right? They must have increased their sales tenfold uh, during the lockdown. Oh, absolutely. And then now, come the festive season, after these uh, crazy times, they'll be like, bang, rope your hands together, double the prices. Yeah. Or, Just like real estate. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in tonight. We've really enjoyed having you along. We've got a couple of special guests lined up after the break of uh, New Year's, and we look forward to having you back with that. We wish you all a Merry Christmas. Be safe with each other. Be kind with each other. Take it easy on the roads. You know what? Let the kids drive. <laughs> you have a beer on the passenger seat. I don't know. I do. Why not? He's only got his learners, mate. You shouldn't be doing that just yet. <laughs> I was talking about Jacob. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fair call. Cool, I trust him to drive any time. Uh, without a doubt. Hey, I just want to say on, um, I'm sure I speak for Chopper as well. Thank you for all the support over the last uh, 37 weeks or whatever we've been doing this. Um, you know, it's a hell of a year. We've had a hell of a year full of goods, full of bads. Um, but, you know, one of those constants between you and I, bro, is... Um, has been our softball. It's it's it brings us closer together every week, and um, a lot of other people out there. So yeah, from me to you guys, uh, enjoy your break, enjoy whatever downtime that you got with the ones that you love, and even some of the ones you just tolerate. So um, you know, enjoy it, and and thank you for everything. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And of course, after the break, it is softball summer of season. Man, can't wait for it. Bullpark Broadcasting kicks underway. The under nineteen regionals in Wellington. That's on. They'll be streaming the last two days. That's eight and nine January. Then Palmerston the North of the Seventeens. That's twenty two, twenty three. We streaming two days that, for we? that. We sure are. <laughs> Double and, duty. And then it goes on after that. NFC, the works, men's and women's clubs. There's a big release about to come out on that. So looking forward to sharing the summer. With all of you around the country. Absolutely. Kaki Dea Nor, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, guys. All the best. Be on the dugout, lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases Do it for your teammates, do it for the fam Do it for your city, true ballers understand You gotta work together, you gotta find a way Put your body on the line and make that play Be on the dugout, lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases Be on the dugout be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout.